Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital. How are you doing, Katie? I'm great. How about yourself? It's the most wonderful time of the year. It uh, Christmas? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Golden holidays, Globes? The ho- well, the ho- yes. <laughs> I mean, those two. <laughs> All I of was, the above. I was thinking more about the holidays, though. I'm really not liking the fact that it's such an accelerated holiday season because Thanksgiving came so late. So I feel like we're not getting enough time to enjoy holiday music and lights. I 100% agree, which is why I wanted to start Christmas earlier this year and my husband vetoed it. Oh, so. well, screw you. But it can be the holidays year-round here on the Billboard Pop Shop podcast because, as always... We're your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news about how The weekend hits number one on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart with Heartless, and how the Frozen 2 soundtrack chills its way to number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart. Or is it storms its way? Or perhaps it freezes out the competition. Hey! (laughs) Too many funds. Yeah. Uh, Plus, we will update you on the Best Original Song nominees at the Golden Globe Awards, including a tune from Frozen 2. And look at that segue. And we have an interview this week with Lennon Stella. She just released the first single from her planned debut album, and we talked all about her new music, making the transition from Nashville actress to solo star, and more. So stick around for that. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, why don't you subscribe to us? Like and subscribe. So you can get cool songs like that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Just my Kool-Aid man impersonation (laughs) every single week on the show. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. Okay, so we're going to start the show out with some sad news. Um, Juice World, who, of course, skyrocketed to number two on the Billboard Hot 100 with his breakout single, Lucid Dreams, died Sunday at Chicago's Midway Airport. A cause of death is still pending following an initial autopsy, but the 21-year-old rapper reportedly suffered a seizure before he was pronounced dead at a hospital early Sunday. So crazy. Yeah, it's a really, I mean, 21. And he just turned 21 on December 2nd, too. So in addition to his huge jump from SoundCloud to the Billboard charts last year, Juice World debuted at number one with his album Death Race for Love back in March and was named top new artist at the Billboard Music Awards just in May. Yeah. Um, so stick with Billboard.com if you want to follow along on all the details. But since he was such a chart fixture, we really thought we should, you know, mention yeah. mention his name. We've talked about him a lot on the show. Yeah. Um. There's no good segue um, aside from your mention of charts, but now we will move on to the chart news of the week. And uh, first up on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, The Weeknd's Heartless jumps from number 32 to number one in its second week on the chart, powered by its first full week of sales and streaming chart activity uh, for the week ending December 5th. Uh, The song was actually released on November 27th, so it only had two days of tracking in the previous week when it bowed at number 32. Uh, So now in the week ending December 5th, Heartless actually sold 58,000 copies and was streamed 30 million times. And in terms of radio audience, it garnered 26.2 million uh, across all formats of radio in the week ending December 8th. It's actually the fourth number one for the weekend following Starboy, The Hills, and Can't Feel My Face. Uh, meanwhile, another track by the weekend, Blinding Lights, debuts at number 11 on the Hot 100. 
Uh, both tracks are expected to be featured on the weekend's upcoming album. Um, also, though, on this week's Hot 100 chart, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You flies 18 to 3, or jingles its way 18 mm. to 3, uh, matching its peak position on the chart. While Brenda Lee's classic Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree hits a new high on the chart, climbing 29 to 8, surpassing its number 9 peak last holiday season. Uh, next, over on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, the Frozen 2 soundtrack rises from number 3 to number 1 in its third week on the list, earning 80,000 equivalent album units in the week ending December 5th, and that's up 3% compared to the previous week, of course, according to Nielsen Music. It's only the fifth animated film soundtrack to hit number 1 since the chart became a regularly published weekly chart back in 1956. Frozen 2, of course, follows the enormously successful Frozen soundtrack and the parent film, which was released back in 2013, and that album spent, oh, just 13 weeks at number Hmm. one. Dang. Yeah. So speaking of Frozen 2, the movie got a pair of Golden Globe nominations on Monday, one for Best Animated Feature Film and also for Best Original Song for Into Into the the Unknown. Unknown. (laughs) Don't don't try to do it, Dina. Yeah. It's not going to end well. Um, of course, written by Robert Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez. It is the third nomination for both. Fun fact, they did not win the Golden Globe for Let It Go. Ah, uh, yes. They won the Oscar, but they didn't win the Golden Globe for yes. Let It Go. Um, and of course, we just talked to Adina about Into the Unknown, you know, uh, here on the Pop Shot Podcast. So go go uh, listen to the show from, go listen. I think, two weeks ago. Uh, so let's talk about uh, the rest of the nominees for Best Original Song, starting with, of course, our woman of the decade, Taylor Swift. Beautiful Ghosts from Cats, which was written by Taylor and Andrew Lloyd Webber. It is his third nomination. Wait, it's both of their third nominations? That is correct. And she has not won a Golden Globe yet, but Andrew Lloyd Webber has won for You Must Love Me from Evita. You Must Love Love Me. me. Of course, performed by Kate's favorite, Madonna. Madonna. Uh, Moving on, uh, the third nominee, or one of the other nominees, is I'm Gonna Love Me Again from Rocket Man, written by Elton John and Bernie Taupin. Uh, This is the fifth nomination for John and the fourth for Bernie. Uh, Next up, we have Spirit from The Lion King, which was written by, oh, just a little woman named Beyonce. And uh, along with Timothy McKenzie and Ilya Salmanzadeh. Um, It's the fourth nomination for Beyonce and the first for McKenzie and the second for Salmanzadeh. And uh, the fifth and final nominee is Stand Up from Harriet, uh, written by Joshua Brian Campbell and Cynthia Erivo. Both are first-time nominees this year, and Arivo also got a nomination for Best Performance by an Actress in a Motion Picture Drama, also for Harriet. She's doing the uh, Mary J. Blige Yes, and she combo. also performs stand-up. Yes. Um, so the Golden Globe Awards will be aired live coast-to-coast on NBC at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on January 5th. And now it's time for our interview with Lennon Stella. The singer-songwriter just released the new song, Kissing Other People, which is the first release from her planned 2020 debut album. We talked with Lennon about the inspiration behind the song, how far along she is in the album-making process, what it's like to make the transition from Nashville actress and also a duo member with her sister Maisie to solo star, touring with the Chainsmokers and Five Seconds of Summer, and much more. So please enjoy our interview with Lennon Stella. (laughs) 
Hello to Len and Stella, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Hello. Podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming in. We appreciate it, especially since you've been all over the country <laughs> I'm for excited the past to be here. few months. Um, well, let's start with your latest single, Kissing Other People. Yes. Um, simply, where did the idea for this song come from? I'm sure people can think of ideas, but <laughs> let's, let's hear it from the source herself. Um, so I was dating this guy for a bit, and um, I was kind of... We had broken up, and I was kind of in the process of, like, moving on and trying to kind of get over him and get over just the comfort of knowing that he was there. And um, I was talking to Caroline about this, who wrote the song, and I was just saying to her how it kind of – you get to a point when it does you, – you can kiss other people, and you're like, oh, like, I didn't feel like I was cheating on you mm. still, even though we're broken up. Like, or I don't, I don't feel bad for it anymore. And that's kind of when I'm like, okay, cool, like, I'm – both like emotionally and physically like over this now um and I kind of just was at that point where I was just I was able to kiss someone else and not feel feel sorry for it or feel guilty so um I was telling Caroline about this and then the next day she went in the session and um started the song and then we finished it in LA it's funny how like songs like that can just come out of just a conversation Mm -hmm. it was literally a conversation we had we were driving back I was like at a writing camp in Cabo Mm -hmm. And we were nice spot for writing camp in Cabo. And we were like literally (laughs) driving back from the club at like two in the morning and she was like just asking me questions about boys and I was telling her this and then the next day I was in my session. She was in her session writing this. I had no idea that she was gonna write about what we talked about. Hmm. It was very funny. I literally said said in passing. I was just like didn't realize that she was getting like um, material for a song. <laughs> you didn't realize you were having she a was like literally having, in the yeah, car. Exactly, <laughs> she literally. must she must have cued in on just that phrase. I know yeah. she did. People. She totally did. Anyway, it's sorry. a good songwriter. Yeah, um, it feels like there's a lot of songs about breakups and a lot of songs about falling in love, but it's nice to have a song like about what it feels like to get over that heartbreak. Totally, you yeah. know, is that the feeling that you were channeling? Totally. Yeah. yeah, just that kind of like freedom you feel when it's like okay, cool, like. I don't I don't feel bad anymore mm. like you know what I mean and I can I there's just a sense of freedom that happens and it's just a nice feeling and uh we saw your tweet the other day where you said thought you should know I am very pregnant with an album baby album <laughs> album, album. <laughs> I'm wondering like, how many your fans album. have stopped reading after they oh, were pregnant and oh, freaked there out so <laughs> many comments and I'll, yeah there was a lot of people that thought I was actually pregnant <laughs> um yeah and you said uh 2020 specifically so um this will be your debut album yes uh what can you tell us about you know the album so far and and where you at are at in the process so being on tour it kind of puts like a bit of a pause on on the making of the album just because you can only really do so much when you're touring but um once this tour is done i'm gonna go after christmas and like really finish finish everything and um dive in and just kind of complete it um but before the this tour started i spent a couple months in la just diving in and working a bunch on it and um yeah so i'm pretty it's like very close to being done which Mm -hmm. is very crazy to think about because right now it feels so scattered in my head Mm -hmm. like i'm just kind of all over the place but um it's really really it's on its way to being finished and i'm i'm just really excited to have a full album out in the world and i think um when it's an album there's just like there's a i feel more creative or like inspired to like be a little more experimental because mm. it just feels like a little bit less pressure on like each song it's, like, it's let's more make a lot like, of singles yeah like exactly. actually i can make a body of work and take a little exactly. bit more chances maybe. that's literally yeah. exactly what it is and singles are just a lot of pressure on like making it fit for everybody who's listening yeah or, you know the team and people around just like it's just a lot of pressure on yeah. one song whereas if i'm like okay i can do an album i can just like 
make a bunch of stuff and you can exactly take more chances and just feel a little bit more free and experimental which is like something I've been wanting to do for a while so I'm I'm really excited about something I'm like really proud of yeah and uh, is kissing other people like sort of the first taste of the album or are you planning to include other previously released songs on the album or do you know or do you even know yet kissing other people will be the only one from (gasps) yeah okay so this is like the cycle has begun cycle has begun (laughs) yeah um uh do you have any idea like what timing next year (laughs) Um, we need an exact release yeah exactly exactly. (laughs) um honestly Sometime in 2020. I do. I, I, yeah. Um, like, yeah, sometime in, like, you know. mid. I know. We don't know You yet. can't know yet. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, it's just, it's yeah. just the three of us. Yeah, <clears throat> it's just the three of us. Just hanging out. Just hanging out. In the, in the bedroom. Totally chill. Totally chill. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it'll be, like, mid mid next year. Cool. And um, are there any, like, maybe collaborations you could talk about, whether it's with other artists or with songwriters who you're working with? Who can we like tease? That? Yeah. Who can we tease? <laughs> um, All of them. I'm trying to think. Um, def- not with other artists. Like, okay. this album, I kind of just... I've done a couple collaborations and features, and it's been so fun. But I feel like for the album, I just kind of want to see what happens when it's, like, just me and yeah. just have that, have that freedom for a sec. Um, but with other writers, it's literally, like, that camp I was talking about in Cabo was just a bunch of writers and producers that I, like, literally just wrote a list of, like, all my favorite writers, all my favorite producers, and we got everyone to come out to Cabo oh, and did, like, wow. 10 days of writing. So when I was in a session, there was, like, three other sessions going on writing for me, and then I would come in and, like, you know, change it up however if there was something. It just, it, w- it was so cool to have all my favorite people who, like, really understand me musically be in, like, one place writing for this album. So definitely a lot of collaborations as far as producers and writers go are we allowed to say who some of those writers were that were at the camp <laughs> yeah okay. um who was there emily warren oh caroline say no more emily warren <laughs> she's like she's been, she's a she's a friend of the podcast yeah she is, she's, been on the show she's before. amazing um simon wilcox germ um busby oh he was there wow um captain cuts was there did you work with Busby during your Nashville days too, like at all? Or did he cross paths with the when show? I was at all? on the show. Okay, no, I just know I, he's so big in the country world. Yeah. yeah, I met with him when I was still filming the show, actually, and then later it was more when I um, moved to, or not moved, but started working in LA, like mm-hmm. writing more often. That I um, I started working with him. Okay. And, yeah. Wow. Um, you also mentioned like being on tour, you know, kind of being a break from when you worked on all that. It has to be kind of nice to maybe now go back and revisit those songs and be like, okay, do I love totally. those as much as I did then? And yes. maybe I love something more than yes. I did the first time around. Yeah, it is really nice. It's kind of forced me to just like take a second away from it and tour and just like be like, this is a totally different mindset mm-hmm. to be in, like being, you know, on the road and playing, I'm playing like the songs from the EP. So like the bit older songs and, or to me, they're older. Like, right. <laughs> They feel old, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So it's it's cool now because then when I go back in, exactly, I'm gonna have like a fresh mind and just um, I think I'll be able to tell things I probably couldn't have told because I was like so in it before, you know. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and speaking of some of your previously previously released songs, you also have "Take Away" your collaboration with your current tour mates, the Chainsmokers yes. and Elenium. Um, How did that song first come about? Um. Well, Emily actually mm. is like a good friend of both mine and Chainsmokers, mm-hmm. and I think um, they kind of heard of me through through her actually. And then uh, we're on the same label, so that kind of 
Makes it easy. Made it easy. Yeah. And <laughs> All then, that synergy happening. Yeah. yeah. And then we knew the tour was happening. And I think that after the tour um, got locked in, it was like, okay, cool. We should do a song together. And then Perfect. it's, yeah, it's definitely like made it make sense and, you know, kind of drawn a lot of lines for people. Yeah. You know, take away, you know, this isn't your first time on a dance track, um, but you also had Jonas Blue's Polaroid alongside Liam Payne. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of fans got to know you through like a more acoustic sound, you know, earlier. Um, so what is, you know, what is it that's attracting you more to like this electronic pop vibe, I guess? Or at least experimenting. Of, yeah, it's sort of, totally. like sort of in that direction. I think that it's fun to be able to like just put like my toes in like different parts of um, music and being able to just like with features it's really cool because ultimately like it's not my song like I can you know be a part of it and I can kind of get in that world and just explore that world but not be committed to it Mm. you know visit that world yeah exactly (laughs) I can just like step into that world Um, and it's yeah so it's cool because with like Takeaway and um, you know Polaroid like those songs definitely are like nothing like my music but it's it's been fun to like just feel that out and just kind of yeah explore it. I've always I've loved Chainsmokers for a long time and I love their music and it's it's been cool to to sing um, a song that I know that like I would listen to of theirs mm. you know a couple years ago so yeah that's really cool but I think that with my music like it's definitely um, and on the album too like kind of like finding a balance of um, you know a bit more like Acoustic-y stuff and kind so it's of country like electronic pop. <laughs> That's what the <laughs> album's going to be. It. We're going to label <laughs> yes, the genre now. Yes, yes. Done. I'm I think I think a taste of it all is like that's like what I want is like the balance of everything because like really like what I'm the most inspired by is like acoustic kind of like Americana folky stuff and mm-hmm. so bringing all that in is like my goal in my own music. But then with features, I think it's fun to to branch out. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we mentioned your time on Nashville. You know, you have a lot of fans obviously who've been following you for. A long time you and your sister Maisie but we're wondering are you finding that there's a whole new audience kind of vibing to your solo music who might not have even known you were yeah. on TV or any of that yeah it's been really cool to like to exactly that like find that there's um people discovering me like just as me or just mm. as like um a solo artist with like the EP or whatever or like even with takeaway like obviously there's a bunch of people that didn't know me before that and then just hear my voice on that song and kind of explore Mm. my other stuff but um but yeah it's cool it's totally different because prior to this it was just everything was because of Nashville Mm -hmm. or Lennon and Maisie stuff and so it's cool to have um like I feel like a lot of comfort in like the show and like you know Lennon and Maisie videos and all that stuff so like having that still but then also like having there be like new people coming in and and um yeah especially on this tour like it's mm. just put like i'm being put into so many different eyes that i wouldn't otherwise like be in front of yeah and when i was uh reading up on you i saw that your family actually moved to nashville exactly 10 years ago it was 2009 yes um wow, from canada yeah so i mean like obviously we can see what has happened to you since then but like in your own words like what what did that move mean for you know your life trajectory oh man i mean it's kind of it's a crazy thought to imagine having stayed in, you know, where I'm from. It's pretty, like, it's a pretty drastic change. Like, Nashville's very, like, now especially is very, like, fast-moving. And, I mean, as far as, like, going from where I'm from. Like, it's definitely a massive um, change. But I think that, yeah, moving to Nashville is, like, literally the best thing for us. We absolutely love Nashville. And, obviously, like, I can't imagine having us be on the show if we didn't. Mm. Yeah. if we were in Nashville so 
it definitely um, it completely changed our lives in every way. And it like makes perfect sense for us to be there. And you're actually going to have kind of a full circle moment next year because you just lined up some dates at the Ryman in Nashville. <laughs> it's so like excited. basically a hometown show yes, for you. Yes. Um, and did you, you know, when you were filming, did you have memories like from the Ryman from oh, the yeah. show too? Yeah, we filmed at the Ryman quite a bit in the Grand Ole Opry. And I mean, it's literally the Ryman for me. I really think it's like the biggest one for me. Like that that's going to be the most... I really like when people ask, you know, like what is the what would be the biggest thing for you? Like, and most people are like, you know, Madison Square Garden, or like there's like those those, yeah. those moments in like life. Like genuinely, the Ryman I think is the biggest one for me because I, I just that's where I've seen like everyone, and I've just spent so much time there, and like it's just such a like literally like growing up. Like that's where I go to, you know, like just with my friends. To and go now see. you'll be there, and just it's so crazy to, <laughs> the idea of playing it. Yeah, it really is. It's fully full circle moment. And and you had never played the Ryman. Um, like in your own show no in any capacity no I mean I did um well we would do I guess the Grand Ole Opry at the Ryman um they would do like you know isn't that what it is like the Grand Ole Opry at mm-hmm. the Ryman yeah. and and um Maisie and I would do like when they have like the shows where we do like one or two songs right, right. which With, like the cavalcade of artists yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but nothing totally. like but nothing this, like this. But nothing like this. Yeah. no this is like my my music and those you know we'd be doing covers or like nothing we never like had like Lennon Maisie mm-hmm. songs out you know that we wrote so right. it's gonna be a moment yeah it's very different I'm very excited <laughs> So finally, we're running out of time with you, but um, you also have an EU tour lined up next year, um, starting in February, and you've been on this tour with Chainsmokers and Five Sauce, and I'm wondering if you have kind of picked anything up on this tour that you're thinking, like, making mental notes, oh, this is what I want to take into my own tour next Pyro year. Pyro and lasers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> lasers, 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 and fire. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, and I mean... And six older brothers. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> No, it's been it's been really cool. I feel like I've learned a lot um, just in the sense of like performing in arenas like mm. is obviously totally a different thing and watching everyone else perform in the arena. It's just such a different um, type of performing and a different like level of energy yeah. and and obviously production is very different and everything is just bigger and um, very like alive from start to finish. There's never any like dips of energy and I think that um, yeah, going from playing in like clubs or like small theaters like to this is so different. I've def- I've learned a lot, and I think there's there's a bunch that I'm gonna take with me and and on my own tours and headlining and just everything I learned really gonna carry it with me for sure. Well, that's very exciting. Um, yes. Thank you so much for your time and good Thanks luck with all me. the new music. We can't wait to hear it thank whenever you. it comes out. Thank you, I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much to Lennon Stella for stopping by. We cannot wait to hear more new music and find out when that album baby will be born. <laughs> when is that due date? When is, when, <laughs> when, oh, boy. All right, now it's time for the chart stat of the week. Forty years ago this week, Prince was number one on the hot R&B hip-hop songs chart with I Wanna Be Yo Lover. More singing from Keith. <laughs> Just can't. We, we shouldn't be doing it. I want to be your lover. His first of eight number ones on the chart. Lover hit number one on the list dated December 1st, 1979, and spent two weeks atop the tally. Prince would later hit number one with When Doves Cry, Let's Go Crazy, 
Kiss, Sign of the Times, Bat Dance, Thieves in the Temple, and Diamonds and Pearls. Notably, over on the all-genre Hot 100 chart, he had just five number ones, with four of them duplicating on that list. You know, so basically both Hot 100 and R&B hip-hop were the same number ones. And those were Doves, When Doves Cry, uh, Let's Go Crazy, Kiss, and Bat Dance. But he also topped the Hot 100 with a song that he didn't go to number one with on R&B, and that was Cream. Okay, I've just like drowned into like chart stats. I'm sorry, everyone. So there you have it. 40 years ago this week, Prince was loving the number one spot with I Want to Be Your Lover. Okay, we've reached the end of our show. Any parting words, Katie Atkinson? Man, um, you know, let's see. I, it's funny, Golden Globe nominations being out means it is truly just going to be January very soon. Uh-huh. Uh, awards season is is happening. Yeah, okay, where's this going? I don't know. That's it. That's all I have. I'm just shocked. Okay. What songs should we go out on? Oh, you pick. Oh, um, sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> Put you on the spot. Um, another favorite Prince song. Oh, um, yeah. You Got the Look. Oh, fun. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>